Hi, this is Colin McCallan. Thank you for listening. Please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you. Welcome to Is This Legal? Here are your hosts, attorneys Colin McCallan and Russell Hebbets. All right, Russ, ready? Check this out. A three-legged dog walks into a bar. He looks around and announces, I'm looking for the man who shot my paw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, isn't that terrible? That's horrible. Uh, Everybody, hello. Welcome to Is This Legal? My name is Colin McCallan, and sitting right across from me is my partner in crime, Russell Hebbett. Say hi, Russ. Hello, 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 everyone. And uh, we've just kind of given you a little uh, hint about what we're going to be talking about today. Bars. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and how sometimes randomly uh, a dog, three-legged dog might walk into one. You know, just kidding. That's not our, po- our, to- <laughs> our topic today. Um, there was some interesting news that came out of the White House this week, Russ. The uh, stimulus package, right? Uh, not that one. That was pretty big, but the, uh, some other, some, another big story. Uh, confirmation of Merrick Garland. Uh, uh, yeah, that would normally be noteworthy on a show like this, but that's not what I'm looking for. All right, I'm, I'm, you stumped me. <laughs> well, uh, it turns out, have you ever heard of a, of a member of the Biden family, Major Biden? Good old German Shepherd Major, rescue yeah, dog, that's if I'm right. not mistaken. That's correct. Um, for those who may have missed this, uh, newly elected President Biden uh, had two dogs, that uh, two White House dogs that lived in the White House. They were both German Shepherds, Champ and Major. Uh, but this week, I guess Major was involved in some sort of altercation, shall we call it? Uh, obviously, he hasn't been tried. I mean, he, these are mere allegations. <laughs> right, right, you guys know how the show works, okay? <laughs> We're not saying he's guilty of anything. But he's alleged to have uh, nipped at a Secret Service agent. Right, Russ? I mean, you know, they say that this was a minor incident, but I, I think this was a major incident. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm bum. Well done. Well done. We have, we have to one. get we have to get our symbol sound effect. <laughs> um, so unfortunately for Major, uh, he has been expelled from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He, he got booted back to Delaware. Back to Delaware. <laughs> so that's definitely a good downgrade. And here's the here's the rub. Champ, poor Champ, who didn't bite anybody, he also got kicked out. Well, I mean, Champ isn't going to make Major go alone. I, I, you I know? guess he's got he, his back. He's, he's his loyal buddy. They're a pack. Well, of course, uh, this got us. This got us thinking about uh, dogs and the law, and we actually decided to do a podcast uh, talking about some of the. Uh, laws that we have in America related to dogs, and hopefully we're going to have a little fun uh, in going over this stuff. But um, <clears throat> Russ, I think you may have looked into some numbers that you, some some of the raw data, uh, yes. some of the paw data, if you will. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> I will not, sir. <laughs> what, 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 are we, so, what are we looking at here? So, forty-two states and the District of Columbia currently have statutes that regulate dogs. And we're talking about things that Major is accused of, violent, aggressive dogs. And the reason for that is four to five million Americans are bitten by dogs every year. That's actually a really high number. Super high number. That is actually the highest reason why children go to emergency rooms is because of dog bites. However, only .0002 
of the these attacks are fatal. Okay. So a lot of dog bites out there. Very, very, very few fatalities. So it's normally not that big of a deal. You know, bites heal. Gotcha. So, but that's why we have laws in almost every state, and we're going to get into these because I mean, face it, America loves their dogs. We, we I do mean, love our dogs. Colin, do you have a dog? I do have a dog. And do you love your dog? I love my dog. I, I have a ten-year-old. He's he's going to be ten in April, Russ. Uh, he is a golden doodle. So his uh, mom was a golden retriever. Dad was a standard poodle. Uh, and uh, Bogey is his name. He's a great dog. Is that, is that silver anniversary? He's going to get some new silver water bowl uh, for the 10-year anniversary? I thought that's 25. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. So for 10 years, yeah, maybe I have to get him something like that. Some new silver He's not collar. flashy. I don't think he would uh, like like a, like a gold-plated water bowl. Maybe just a new bone. Uh, yeah, maybe a new tennis ball. That's a, He's all set. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How about, what about you, Russ? Tell me about your dog. Yep, I have a... Three-year-old yellow English lab who is, you know, I had I had dogs growing up. I had a, a really cool Airedale growing nice. up named Tigger. That was a ton of fun. But Blue, that's my dog. He is your boy Blue. My boy Blue. You my boy Blue. <laughs> he is my favorite. He is an awesome dog. And so, you know, you and I, we're right there with the rest of the country yeah. being dog lovers. So, you know, for those of you listening who don't have dogs, just turn off the podcast right now. We don't want you. We don't need you. If you're a dog hater, just go ahead and take your hate and shove it right down podcast lane. What do you think? <laughs> Is that a little too? It's a little aggressive. Okay. All right. I, don't 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 go anywhere. Don't hey, come back, come back. Just just stay, listen, and yell at us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can just think of how much you just think of how much you detest dogs and just. But but we're pretty much done with the dog love at this point. So right. so let's you know generally um, states have all of these different laws and they have distinctions about what makes a dangerous dog, about the penalties, and there's similarities. Um, but there's definitely distinctions state to state. Yeah. Generally, you're looking at, for a dangerous dog, you're looking at a dog who attacks a person or attacks another domestic animal, and generally it's unprovoked. That's right. So those are kind of the, the baseline of generally what we're looking at when we're talking about these dangerous dogs. Right. And most of the time, you need to have, your dog has to have, displayed signs of aggression before. So let's say, you know, you have the sweetest poodle or labrapoodle, right? Labrapoodle? Labradoodle. There's probably a labrapoodle. There probably is. I mean, it's labradoodle. Right. It's labradoodle. So you have the sweetest labradoodle ever, never showed any signs of aggression. They get aggressive one time. You're basically on notice right. at that point. So if something happens again, then you're looking at maybe the city or the state Taking the dog, maybe, you know, worst case scenario, it's euthanization, but right. there's but a bunch of steps in usually between. Usually pretty rare. Right. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, the, I guess the, the person who, uh, is liable for this is of course the dog owner. I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna slap cuffs uh, paw cuffs on old Major here well, and ma- haul him down to the county. Major did get dis- he he got kicked out. He got expelled. <laughs> right. I mean, so I mean, he's he's facing some consequences here. I, I, I guess what I'm just saying is Officer McGruff, the crime dog, isn't going around <laughs> arresting other dogs. Okay, they, like the owner gets arrested, the pooch is you know they get off scot free basically. Of course, unless. It, 
euthanized in that terrible uh, right. case you just mentioned, but we won't talk about that. Uh, but Russ is right. I mean, um, most, uh, in fact, uh, <laughs> we were looking, uh, just, just to look at an example, in our state in Colorado, um, most of the statewide level stuff relating to dogs relates to a dangerous dog, right? If right. a dog makes an attack somebody, you know, uh, if, if the dog kills a cat, kills a dog, kills a, attacks or kills a, a person, there are going to be varying criminal penalties that are, the owner is going to be exposed to. And for all of those, we're talking about like a cat uh, domesticated, right? right? So if you have a dog out there that you know, takes down a rabbit. Right. That's you know, fair game. That, right. Literally. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're talking about other dom- domesticated animals. So um, the owner is the one who, who faces these consequences. And, and Russ alluded to something that's also really, really important. Um, enforcement and really the, the nature of these laws depend largely on where you live. Um, you know, and you, you may have, you, you know, you may have a state law that talks about certain prohibitions that your dog can or cannot do, but you might have much more restrictive local level, uh, enforcement provisions. Just take, for example, the city and county of Denver, contrast it with, uh, you've got maybe two or three pages of statutes at the state level, Russ, right? <laughs> the Denver code is like 60 pages long in relation to dogs. It's, it's amazing. And that's, and that's really typical of big cities or bigger right. cities. And it makes sense. I yeah. mean, you, you're, you have dense population. You have a lot more dogs per capita. You need to take measures to make sure everybody's safe. Yeah. And you have more dog bites per capita because of that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you have, you have, um, a dog out on a farm, out on a prairie somewhere, they're not interacting with people like dogs in the city are. So it does make sense, but it gets, it can get really, I mean, you can get bogged down in these codes. Like you said, you know, 60 pages, that's, I mean, that's a ton. Like you look at Colorado murder statutes and (laughs) that's maybe 10 pages, you know? Well, well, and, and it's all just the the nitty gritty stuff. I mean, the, 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 the statutes don't just deal with like dangerous dog provisions, which are very lengthy in and of themselves, but we're also talking about licensing requirements. Um, you know, demonstration of vaccinations, barking dogs. That was, I mean, barking dogs. Um, I used to, when I first started as a DA in Douglas County, I'll, I'll, I, I dealt with dog cases all the time because they're such low level stuff. That's where they started. <laughs> that's, what that, that, that's what newbie prosecutors handle. <laughs> exactly. Super quick story. I was, I was prosecuting an owner of a dangerous dog. A, 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 the dog had gotten loose um, off its leash and, and attacked a woman, uh, bit her a couple of times and um, anyway, uh, the case ended up going to trial and I have to call the woman to the stand as the prosecutor, uh, so she can explain what happened. And I, uh, this, this is true. I can't believe I said this and it was not intentional. I promise, but here's how it went down. She's on the stand. I say, Hey ma'am, are you nervous? Or have you ever testified before? And she said, yeah, I am. I am pretty nervous. And I said, well, don't worry, ma'am. No one in here is going to bite you. <laughs> and I mean, like, opposing counsel looked at me with daggers in her eyes, and I didn't even—it didn't really occur to me what I did until after. I promise it was not a setup. But anyway, yeah, that, that's that was my life for like a year out of law school. You deal with barking dog cases, which which is not fun, <laughs> right? No, those those are the worst. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the the point is is that all of these things can be regulated um, at kind of the local level, depending on where you live. If you're in a rural rural area. There may be very little 
uh, requirements that you have to comply with. Right, right. And and so what are some of the things, let's talk about some of the things that um, the, the state or local level can do if you have a dangerous dog. Right. Um, so, you know, Russ, it, it kind of starts off with that, that, that discovery process, right? There has to be kind of the, the, the state in order to take action, has to be able to kind of prove that the parties are on notice that the dog was dangerous. Right. You have to have a determinant, a determination yeah. that there is in fact a dangerous dog. Exactly. So, you know, it's not like, um, you know, when, when you take your dog to a vet, they're just going to look at it and say, oh, okay, that's a dangerous dog. You have to house it here's, in this right. way at the muzzle. Here's your conditions. Right. Here's there your has checklist. to be, there's usually some sort of instigating instant incident. And what we're typically talking about is some sort of attack, um, some sort of, you know, bite or, uh, you know, doesn't really matter how major or minor, um, I guess it does if the person. Well, if it's a serious <laughs> injury a death, or death, sure. right? Yeah, but you know, most most of these things are pretty uh, minor. But but if that if this happens, I handled a case like this recently, Russ. Uh, here's what happened: a dog got away from its owner and and actually killed a cat. It was a sad case, uh, and so the you know basically the the animal control uh, division was called out. Uh, they ended up citing uh, my client with possession of a dangerous dog. And they impounded the dog for 10 days. They, they, there was a 10-day mandatory they impound. Took, they, they just took the dog and said, okay, the dog's been in an incident. And think about that for a second. I mean, you a dog is, is in a violent, maybe first-time incident like that, and then they take him away into a shelter. Right. Um, you know, that's not very good for the dog. Well, that, that's not going to make him calm. <laughs> right. right? You know, that's not going to ease but that. But that's what the Denver Code and, requires. And, and the Denver has the ability to do that because nothing's yeah. been proven yet, right? Right, right. This is they, an allegation. Exactly. And and then they, they also have they also have say-so. The, the Animal Control Division has uh, say in terms of how they release the dog back to the owner. So um, in this particular case, uh, the client, had a six foot high backyard fence completely enclosed. There was no way the dog could have get gotten out. And and, and remember, in, in this particular case, uh, the attack happened while the dog was out for a walk. It, it, it's not like it, he escaped from the property. Right. But animal control came out and said, "No, six foot. Sorry, that's not big enough. You have to build a ten foot ten ten by ten cage uh, to enclose this dog." That even, had, even though it was already enclosed in a six foot fence with no holes. Correct. In it. You know. So, so this is they don't mess around. And, and there, there had to be muzzle training. The dog has to be muzzled whenever he's walking around in public. So stuff re- like that. The reason why the city has the ability to take a dog like that. Because I mean, most most dog owners, if you love your dog, if you're dog lover, you think of that dog as part of your family, right? right? And the state, but but the state doesn't look at it that way. The dog is property. It's it, well, it it's it's legally property. It's not. It doesn't have rights. Right. Right. And 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 and, and maybe another way to further describe how they see the dog, a potential liability. Sure. You know, this is someone who, this is a dog that has has demonstrated at least some ability to, uh, you know, display dangerous, uh, tendencies. That's no good. So, I mean, so this, the six foot enclosure that you're talking about, um, I mean, describe this. I mean, you we've we've talked about this back at the time when you had this case, wasn't this like a full enclosure, like including the roof? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 10 foot. And there had to be a roof, and and the dog. I mean, how could a dog? The, the dog in question, Russ, was thirty five pounds, <laughs> and you know, animal control. I mean, we're going to talk about animal control officers in a minute. In fact, maybe this will be a segue. But you know, these are not police officers, right? They 
have a black and white code that says, okay, upon a finding of, of, of a dangerous dog, you have to build an enclosure that's 10 foot high. It's that, you know, it, it, these are the dimensions. Like this stuff is in the Denver municipal code in terms of how big the cage has to be. And of course, there are going to be plenty of situations where none of that's necessary right. given the particular uh, dog situation. But that's just how the code's written. That's how it's enforced. Talk, it's black and white. About, talk and about one, one, one size fits all. Yeah. So this person, the guy who, the person who has the six foot high fence, had to build a 10 foot 10 enclosed cage where he keeps his dog uh, basically, you know, during the day. It's a little overkill in my opinion, but that's that's what can happen if the dog is involved in an attack. So for anyone out there who's listening... I don't know if the cat deserved it, by the way. I, I, I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for anyone out there who's listening, like if your municipality is requiring something like that, consider moving across the street to the next municipality. Well, that's I mean, let's let's face it. I think that I think that some of these laws have that import. Right. I mean, I think that there's a certain uh, that you, there's got to be a push behind the notion that okay, well, if you have a dangerous dog, we don't want them in our particular municipality, so we're going to force you out with these right. statutes. Well, and that that's actually a perfect segue to Denver and what has gone on over the years with the pit bull. Oh yeah, violation. Yeah. Yeah, this is pretty interesting. I mean, uh, you know, depending on where you live, some of you may have local ordinances involving what they call breed-specific legislation, which frankly, Russ, uh, sounds kind of like dog racism to me. Uh, are we singling out pit bulls here? I mean, I don't know. That's what I mean, it looks like to me. Where's the, uh, where's the, you know, pit bulls matter <laughs> parade. <laughs> well, um, so yeah, Denver, just as an, as, a, as an example, in 1989, the Denver city council passed a law banning pit bulls pursuant to a number of notorious pit bull attacks. I think what, what pushed it over the edge was a three-year-old kid died. Got, got mauled. Yeah. yeah. And so they, crafted a statute that has been on the books for the last 30 years. And that was actually tested in court. Like yeah. it was, it was tested as unconstitutional. Right. It, it had it its, upheld. Fu- yeah, it had its challenges. <clears throat> it, uh, it survived a, a, a legislative attempt to change it. Uh, Mayor Hancock vetoed that, vetoed that change. Anyway, that was recent. Yeah. yeah. The ban was just repealed in this last election. In <laughs> By 20- the voters. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. uh, pit bulls are no longer discriminated against in, uh, the city and county of Denver. And, and, you know, honestly, a lot of that I think really is discrimination, like because pit bulls can be really sweet dogs. It right. really, and yeah, I mean, it should be based on the dog. Like there can be really aggressive labs, which I have, uh, account for the highest number of bites in America. And labs generally are really sweet dogs, right? You know, but pit bulls are—they're just tougher, and they—they they tend to if they attack. It tends to, I think, have more fatalities, maybe. Well, let me just say, too, like, um, you know, words matter. It, uh, we should, if, if we could go back in time and rename that dog anything other than Pit Bull, <laughs> that might have really helped the cause. I mean, Russ, let's think of the most insane, aggressive name we can name for right. a dog and call him that. And yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean, Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so we're, w- there was a big pushback on that particular thing. And um, anyway, that that is no longer a ban here in Denver. 
So let's talk about these animal control officers, right? Because right? these are the, the dog people, catchers. These are the dog catchers, right, right. right? They're the guys going around just killing everyone's buzz as you're out at the park throwing the ball with your dog. I mean, Russ, I assume all of these people are post-certified law enforcement officers. That means they. They went, went to the through, academy. They went through formal training. Um, they can carry a, a gun. Russ, I assume that's all true. I'm pretty sure that's not true. In fact, I think both Jebediah and Cornelius at one point were animal control officers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Myrtle too. Yeah. I think Myrtle was. And and I'll tell you, I, I mean, hats off to those guys because they have a tough job. Yeah. Um, you know, they, <laughs> you, you, you're generally, uh, you know, most people. People are you're not just, glad to see the dog catcher. You're universally despised. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You, you, you have defense attorneys, bail bondsmen, dog catcher. Right. Something, I think, right. Yeah, some, right. Somewhere around there, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, these these are not police officers. I mean, here's here's kind of a funny story. I mean, I, I know that they're not police officers, Russ. And so let me take you about five years ago. Um, I've got Bogey in the park by my house. This is in the Bo- city and county. Is your dog. Yep. And I will confess, uh, I had him off leash. He's a retriever. I throw the ball for him and he goes and gets it. And I know that I'm breaking the law. And sure enough, an animal control officer walks up to me and, you know, he was a nice guy. Um, but he said, look, you know, your dog's off leash. Um, you can't do that. And I'm afraid I have to give you a citation. And, you know, Russ, I'm sitting there, I'm standing there and I'm laughing at myself. Why do you think I'm laughing at myself? Why are you laughing at you? <laughs> I, I don't know. Why? <laughs> because you're funny. <laughs> I am funny, but in this particular case, I'm laughing at myself because I cooperate with this guy. Yeah. I provide my name. I provide my address. I didn't have my ID at the time. And the reason this is funny to me is I know that I could have dropped a fake name. I could have given a fake address and I could have saved myself $180 because these guys don't have like a, a, a computer where they can run my criminal, criminal check on NCIC and see, you know, if I have any warrants or where I live or what my identity is. They don't have any of that. He took my word that I lived at this address and that my name was what it was and, and ended up paying $180 because I'm a good citizen. Although, but, although had you lied to him, you would have been committing what could have been charged as a felony. We, we might call that fra- criminal impersonation right. or perjury, maybe. Right. But Attempt uh, to influence a public official, maybe. Right. Oh, I, I mean, and you know these guys. I mean, you slip them a 20 trying to get out of this. Next thing you know, you're doing three to five in Sing Sing, man. <laughs> I mean, these guys don't mess around. <laughs> I, you know, but but I'm, I'm laughing at myself because I could, I, I would have gotten away with it by lying, and here I am, just a sucker, giving him my info and taking it, you know. I mean, you're joking saying you, they don't mess around, but honestly, they really do generally have an elevated <laughs> sense of self-importance. <laughs> like some of them I do. Mean, if if uh, apologies to any dog catchers out there who are fans, and it's not universal, but some of them definitely have kind of little man syndrome, and maybe that's a function of the fact that they're always getting just mouth back. Right. Right. No one know? is ever happy to talk to the animal right. control officer. There's right. usually there's usually something bad going on. So I, I have an animal control officer story. I want to hear it. Okay. So this involves a allegation that a dog nipped and bit someone. So animal control comes out and they 
talk to everyone and they write a citation to the owner of the dog. Now the allegation is this dog nipped someone through a fence. Okay. There was a fence. He was on his own property, but the allegation is he nipped this person who was walking by as they walked by. Mm. And so this person goes to court response and says, Hey, listen, prosecutor, there's no way my dog could have nipped someone because the slats in my fence are too skinny. He can't fit his mouth through there. And the prosecutor, looks at him and says, you know, whatever, like, I'm going to believe you. If you don't want to take my plea offer, we can set it for trial. And so the guy's like, okay, well, let's go to trial then, I guess. And so it gets set for trial. Trial comes, the prosecutor subpoenas the animal control officer to come testify about this. And before the trial begins, it's a trial to a judge. The prosecutor sits down with the animal control officer and says, hey, this clown right here is going to try to say that his dog couldn't have done it because the slats were too narrow on his fence. Animal control officer looks at him and says, oh, oh yeah, that, that's right. There's, there's no way the dog could have bitten through that fence. <laughs> And so, but this sometimes is the kind of person you're dealing with, with the animal control officer. Exactly. Well, and oftentimes a lot of these, a lot of these are neighbor disputes. Right. I mean, especially with the barking dog stuff. I mean, you know, know, the statute, I I read the barking dog statute. It's ridiculous. It it, it is. I mean, what is a barking dog? What is a violation of the law? It's like, it, it really, it's just going to depend on what the complainant thinks it is. And, you know, so often you have these neighbors, you know, the owner of the dog and then their neighbor who doesn't like the dog barking and there's a feud and the, the animal control officer gets in the middle of it and they're just like, oh, someone it's, please. It's a no-win situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and sometimes it comes down to like, did the bar- dog bark 12 times or 13 times right. in the hour? Did the bar- do- dog bark at 6 o'clock or 6.01 p.m.? Right, I mean, right. you know. Anyway, um, so lots of lots of stuff here. Uh, but anyway, our, our friend Major Biden, we wish him well. Uh, we hope that his trip back to Delaware is is a good one. Hope he's happy in Delaware, or he sometime can rehabilitate. Yeah, himself. maybe they can get him in dog school I mean, and get him back. Dude, just quit going after the Secret Service, man. They're there to protect you, Major. Uh, come you. on, Major. Come on. I think we can do a little bit better, Major. <laughs> okay. Well. Um, I get real quick, Russ. What's what's uh, lightning round? What's your favorite dog of all time in pop oh. culture? Oh man, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Clifford. Clifford, okay, the big red dog. Yeah, oh, that's that's is I he mean, the giant dog? He's the giant dog. Like, I thought that was Marmaduke. No, Ma- well, Marmaduke's a big dog. That's a great Dane. Okay. Clifford is like a like, like as a, big as a house. Okay. <laughs> yes, where okay. you can ride. I mean, how cool to ride around town on the back of your giant dog. I would imagine though he eats a lot. That's a big vet. That, uh, that would be trouble. Bill. Yeah, you're, you're probably talking and, about like a cow and a bite. Yeah, can he? You even take him to the vet? I mean, where do you go for that? I mean, you'd have to find a giant vet, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I I was always partial to Benji when I was a kid. How do you remember Benji? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that we, we, we recently watched the Netflix reboot of that, or maybe it's Disney. I don't know. It was pretty good. Yeah, I uh, one of my just keen memories as a child is watching Old Yeller. Oh, God. And how just 
desperately sad that movie okay. was. And like, I've, I've brought it up with my kids and they know that it's a sad ending and they refuse. They're like, uh, okay, there's no I way I will watch At this watch point, that. I think if, if I'm mad at my kids, I'll make them watch <laughs> right. Old Yeller because my parents made me watch Old Yeller when I was like six years old. And I don't know how many years of counseling it took afterward, but that movie <laughs> traumatized me. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, right? It was with the movie's 50 years old. Let's just say yeah. things don't work out very well for Old Yeller. It's definitely not a happy ending. <laughs> oh, horrible. But, um, you know, it's because we love our dogs so much that these things are hard to watch, right? Same right. with Marley and me. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you know what it's time for now, Russ. D-C-O-G-W! Yes, indeed. It Step is. right up, dumb criminals of the world. We're here to talk about you, aren't we, Russ? We are. It is time for the dumb criminal of the week. Yeah. And this one, in keeping with our dog theme, this case comes out of Illinois from 2016. And this, in fact, was a civil case. Okay. So we're talking about a criminal but it was a civil case. So here's what happens. Ryan Coe of Illinois was driving his motorcycle while intoxicated. Wow, so much fun. So, I mean, I mean, that's a good time. (laughs) So, so he is committing a crime by drunk driving on a public highway. The problem is as he's driving, he hit the dog, a dog belonging to Ryan. Oh, I'm sorry. Belonging to Erica and Trish, Eric and Trish Lusander, their dog was lying in the middle of the street. Okay. Ryan being drunk was not able to avoid him or didn't see him and hit the dog hmm. ended up getting thrown, sustaining serious injuries. Okay. Okay. So now the Illinois statute says that if a dog without provocation attacks or injures any person, is peaceably conducting himself in a place where he may lawfully be, the owner is liable for civil damages. Interesting. So Ryan's so uh, Ryan says this dog injured me. Mm-hmm. I was in a public place. I was allowed to be there, and he injured me. Forget about the forty beers that I had right, before I got right, in my Yamaha. Right. Exactly. Now it went to court, and the judge, in order to prove that. The judge has to find some overt act on behalf of the dog. Now, Ryan says, well, the overt act was either lying in the street or walking to the street. Judge says, lying in the street is not an overt act. Okay, you're just lying there. Hmm. That's not an overt act. And walking to the street was, but that wasn't at the time of the injury. So despite the dog being the cause of the injury, I'm going to go ahead and not give you money Mr. Drunk Motorcyclist. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully you have fun paying your civil attorney whatever he charged you right. for this BS suit. Uh, was the dog okay? The dog is not mentioned, so I'm we'll going to go ahead and assume totally fine. the dog was completely fine. Yeah, and lived a great life after that. Yes. Awesome. I'll, you know, and and I, you know what I'm going to say? Let, the let dog, me just say this, dog owner, though. Make sure your dog isn't sleeping in the middle of Colfax, okay? Well, that's I mean, true. Well, he probably only sends him out to harass drunk drivers. Well, okay. So, okay. I mean, this dog is probably... Uh, yeah. Well, okay, so Knucklehead Award, right? I mean, yeah. we, we, have to, we have to rate this. We have to rate this. So we have to rate our... Are we rating the dog, or are we rating our motorcycle no, friend. No, no. I, I feel like the dog did everything perfectly. Okay. I, I, I agree. He's unassailable. Right. right. 
Yeah. Okay. So what, what about our friend, the motorcyclist? So, so, I mean, the problems are he was driving drunk, which is a knucklehead and he couldn't even avoid a prone dog in the middle of the road on his motorcycle. Yeah. I mean, at least look out for the dog. Yeah. Look out for the dog. Look out for yourself. Like, what are you doing there? I mean, uh, what are you giving him? Um, like knuckleheads, I feel like at this point are a treasure to be awarded, right? I mean, we, we, we want to, if you get knuckleheads, you should be proud of yourself. That means you're really, really dumb and you're really entertaining. And, yeah. And, and entertaining. I, I, I want to withhold knuckleheads for this guy because of his dislikable quality. I mean, you're suing a dog. Jeez. Yeah. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Um, but uh, so I'll give him, I'll, I'm going to give him one and a half knuckleheads for us. I'm going to I'm going to go a little higher because I think you're a you're a complete knucklehead for not being able to not just for driving drunk like that but driving drunk enough where you can't avoid a dog and then not avoiding a dog I'm going <laughs> to give him I'm going to give him a three and a half. All right. All right. I think that's an aggregate of 5. So uh <laughs> that's it for DCOTW. I think that's going to call it a podcast, Russ. Uh, this was a fun one. Uh, we will we will be uh, updating you on events surrounding Major and Champ. We'll see whether or not they get their uh, hall pass back into the White House. Maybe some behavioral training or something like that. We'll correct it, but maybe, maybe, maybe they'll not. get to a cabinet position. Yeah, or or maybe uh, President Biden will get himself like a dachshund or something. That's just a little bit little more low key. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Time will tell. As always, hit us up on uh, Twitter, Is This Legal Pod, on Facebook, Habits McCallan, or email us. Let us know if you have any questions, any feedback, and we would love to hear from you. Send us dog pics. We'd love to see them. You know where our Twitter stuff is. Let's see them, man. Bye bye.